Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I want to share about our experience in Mexico and you know the, the scripture verse that we read this morning, there's, there's so many verses that describe the gift that Jesus Christ is for each of us, amen? To understand that the Father sent His Son to die on a cross for you and I so that we would have hope, that we would have salvation, we take that for granted in our country. We really do. And unfortunately, it takes going somewhere where, or, or, or coming across people that don't have that to make you realize that what a gift we truly have. How many know what I'm talking about? Even just lie. How many have been to places that are poor? I mean, really poor. Raise your hand if you've been to extreme and seen extreme poverty. I think we all have. We've seen poor, the poor of the poorest. And this past week when my wife and I were able to go from our church, we were there with over 120 other volunteers from uh, different churches that belong to our section of churches, and we ministered, and now when I go, when I say we went down there, 120 of them, I'd say maybe five or six of those people speak Spanish. The rest just speak English, okay? So you don't have to speak Spanish to go there. You don't have to speak Pompeian. You don't have to speak Tagalog. You don't have to speak, you know, whatever language, because we all speak the heavenly language. That's love, amen? That's the greatest, greatest communicator of all. Amen. So, you know, I, I want to read that scripture again. Would you stand with me as we read Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8? Uh, I don't have a handout this morning. I just I want to talk to you about what God really laid on my heart and how he touched us this past trip. It was the most emotional trip by far wow. for me and my wife, wow. my wife and I. By far. I mean, none of the trips in the year, you can add them all up. They don't even come close to what we experienced this past year, this past week. But let me read this scripture again, Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for that amazing gift. We're not deserving of it, Father. None of us here deserve salvation. Lord, in fact, we deserve the exact opposite. Lord, the Bible says that we are all sinners, that... There is none righteous, Lord, not one, but yet you sent your son to die on a cross for me, for those that are here in front of me, seated, every single person here, a savior was born into this world and died for them. Lord, that love, that great, amazing love, that amazing grace is something we can never, ever repay you for, nor should we, Lord. We accept it. We freely receive it, and we thank you for it this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. You know, real in a, in a short bit here, I want to play a, it's a short five-minute video on what we experienced down there in Mexico. Uh, this video was compiled by our Napa church, but it shows you a little glimpse, a little snippet of what we experience and then I want to show you some more pictures and I want to have my wife and I come up here and we're going to share a little bit about what we experienced down there in Mexico. Raise your hand if you've been down there with us again. There's been a few of us here and I know um, every year we've get, we, we get new people that are interested in it. 
but I, I cannot encourage you enough, especially if you're young people, teenagers, young people. It really is a safe place where we go. It really is. You hear about different stories down there, but it's a safe place where we go. If there's any way you can go with us next year, you would be in our care if you did, by the way. You would be in our care. Um, we would love to have you go. It's just an absolute blessing. Amen? You know, we, we, got there, was a, we got there Thursday morning. We flew out of Oakland, went to San Diego, and from San Diego we rent a car and crossed the border. And that flight was the scariest flight most of us have ever been on when we landed. Last week they had those fires, and they still have them in Southern California. They had the strong winds. Well, when we landed, or when we were landing, the last 20 minutes was the most turbulence I think anybody on that plane's ever experienced, because the plane was going like this, like this, and like this. It was doing all kinds of things. In fact, it scared one of our guys from our church, from the Napa church, so much that he drove home. He said he wasn't going to fly back. It scared him that much. Okay, so... God's hand was on us, but, I mean, that plane was shaking. I was starting to get sick. People were starting to get sick. That's how bad it was. So it was bad turbulence. So I'm thinking, wow, this is just the beginning of our trip. Lord, what are you setting us up for, right? You know how our mind starts to think, like, maybe this was a bad decision. And, but it wasn't. It turned out to be a slight bump because the devil always wants to discourage you before you do something for the Lord. Amen. How many know that the devil wants to discourage you before you even get started? And so we're just barely getting there. We get to San Diego. We rent the car. We meet at Walmart in San Diego where we caravan across. And from that point to our hotel, we got there in about 40 minutes, a little over half an hour. Weather's in the 80s, in the 80s. And uh, it was warm. It was beautiful. And the food, oh, I won't even go there. Gregory, the food was delicious. The, the tacos, the, uh, it was delicious. You'd have loved it, my brother. You'd have loved it. You would have loved it. But what I want to talk to you this morning is about the heart of, of people that don't have anything. When you go down there and you see how they're without, and you see they're still happy, they're still joyful, but as I mentioned earlier, how many know that when God gives you something, when God blesses you something with something, it's not for you to just hold on to. It's for you to bless other people with it. Amen? If God has blessed you with things or um, time, talent, treasures, it's for you to use that for others, to be a blessing unto others. And when you begin to do that, you discover that it's a greater blessing to give than it is to receive. So when we go down there, we're a blessing. We're not only giving them gifts. That's the whole uh, point of our, our missions program. We give new shoes away to these people, thousands of people. We give them new shoes. We bring them clothes. We feed them. But we get to pray with them. We get to lead them to the Lord. I, I had the opportunity to do that. And that's the best thing, the best gift you could possibly give anybody. I want to play this little video. If you uh, would get that ready, Raquel. Um, every year, this is called Christmas in Tijuana. This is the name of our missions outreach. So check this video out.
Amen. That's just a snippet of what you see down there. You want to come up? You know, we, it's just amazing the experiences we have down there individually because at the end, all of us that are wearing red shirts were part of that team, right? It says Christmas in Tijuana. So we're all wearing red t-shirts. And at the end of that gospel message, after they see that drama presentation of the Lord's crucifixion and resurrection, even, even while they're there watching that, when Christ is getting beaten, the children and the parents, they're being touched because they're beginning to weep as they see their Savior being whipped. They're crying right there. And some of our team, they're holding the kids because they're seeing that take place. They're getting touched by the Lord. And, and, and it's powerful at that moment. And that's what we try to do with worship is here or in any church is you're, you're, you're setting the stage in your heart to receive the word of God then. So then we present the gospel message and my beautiful wife got to translate that message into Spanish uh, for the 1,000, 1,200 people that were there. There were 1,200 people there. The reason I know that is because there were 1,300 chairs. How do I know that? Because I counted them. We set them up and we count, I counted 1,300 chairs and we, it didn't quite get filled up. We were short about 100. So we had 1,200 people there and they all received shoes. They all received prayer. So we're at the altar call. You saw hands going up. Those are people that were asking for prayer, for healing, for salvation. And our team, I was in charge of the prayer team, and we would go out and we just lay hands on people. We would begin to pray for them and lead them to Christ. Just amazing, amazing what, what you do there. Why don't you share a little bit over here, what, uh, Anna, what, what you experienced there, what Christ did, and um, just at that service there. Um, there in Tijuana? Well, first of all, to start off, I was a bit nervous. I do not like speaking in front of people, but thank God I've been able to practice here with all of you that have been very merciful. You never give me any dirty looks. So when they Whoa. asked me to do the translations, I thought, okay, I can speak Spanish. See. Si. Um, but then I thought, with all those eyes looking at me, they don't even know who I am and what kind of looks am I going to get. But then I thought, you know what, if that's what God has me to do, he's done so much for me that I'll get up and, and I'll do the translation. So I was able to do it, and I actually wasn't nervous, but I was excited about that. And it was neat to be able to just get the message, do the translations. But at the very end, I was able to pray for people. And it's just so heartbreaking to hear some of the prayer needs, especially when people are asking for money because they have cancer and they can't get their medication. And so we told them, get connected with the church. But we did pray for them. And you can just see the peace of God just come upon them. That to me, it was just, it was just so amazing to have the people come in and you get the opportunity to pray for them. And um, to me, that just blessed me so much. God is so good. Yeah. Amen. He truly loves us. Yes. He truly loves us. But I was just, I was blessed to be able to share the word and just to be able to actually go out in the crowd and pray for individuals. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, she did an amazing job with the translation and then later in praying for the individuals. But I just want to take you through the, the process. So Thursday night when we get there, 
um, that evening we have a service at the church that we helped build. This church, uh, we're one church with the Napa Church, two locations. This church helped build the Mexico church in Tijuana. It's called uh, Iglesia Familia de Dios, or Family of God Church. It's in Tijuana in a canyon where the people that nobody cares about, the poorest of the poor, back then there was no water, no, no uh, sewer system. In fact, there still isn't. There was no electricity. And we built a church there. And now that church feeds 100 people, 100 children every morning breakfast. They have a school there. They have a, a church that's functioning. I want you to pray for this name. I want you to remember this name. Pastor Tabitha. Her name is Tabitha. It's run by a female pastor, Tabitha Corta. Just pray for her. Pray for this church. Lift them up that God would meet their needs. Amen. This church also supports, helps support them monthly. Part of our missions giving goes to them every single month. So you do help out. And I, I, the reason why it's important for us to share this with you today is those that gave to, towards that mission trip, I want you to see how it impacted those lives. Many of you here gave sacrificially um, a, lots of money, and I appreciate that because it goes to that need. So thank you very much. Amen? Amen. So we go to the church. We have a wonderful service there on Thursday night. Then the next day on Friday, we uh, assemble into teams and there's six different outreaches within those volunteers. We go to six different places and we pass out tracts, flyers, inviting people to the grand event on Saturday morning. The, the reason you see these people with coats on is because that was at early in the morning. We're there at 7 o'clock in the morning. So it's a little chilly in the morning, but by 1 o'clock it's 80 degrees, so it's nice and warm. But we go uh, Friday night. We met, uh, it's called the Civic, uh, little Civic stage there, right next to the police station, where we've met every single year, and we've done outreach, beautiful weather, it's at a busy intersection there on Tijuana, in, in a poor area, and uh, we met, I saw a police officer there right away, as soon as we got there, and I said, uh-oh, so I, I made a beeline for her, it was a policewoman, and we got to meet her, her name was Marisol, or went by the name Sol, which means sunshine. She's sunshine, and so uh, we got a chance to meet her, and I said, hey, we're, we're here, we come here every year, we give out gifts to the community, the children, we're going to be here for a couple hours, we just want to be a blessing, give out food and some uh, clothing uh, and, and presents to the kids around here. She said, go for it, have fun, and so she was really helpful to us, brought us a garbage can, in fact, a few of our ladies had to use the restrooms, and when you have to use the restroom, if you're there, you have to go into these little crazy little places, and um, she let us use their bathroom in their offices upstairs in that police station. She was very helpful. So um, we're, she saw us. She was just there, you know, observing us and uh, just being a typical police officer, making sure, you know, we're on the up and up. We're blessing people, giving away toys, giving away dolls, giving away little horses, crayon. I mean, you name it. I had an opportunity to give a watch away to a gentleman. He was, he was so blessed. He looked at me like, did you give me a watch? He was so amazed by that. I prayed with him because these people don't have a lot. They don't have a lot. And so by the end of this service, we've invited people to the event. We're passing out tracts. How to be saved. We're praying for them. We have a group, probably close to 30 people there. 
And they were laying hands on people, praying for people. And by the end of the service, the police officer comes up to both my wife and I and says, Hey, would you like, do you need some help for Saturday's event? And I said, uh, what do you mean? She goes, well, I have two teenage kids and I bring them to work with me at 6.30 in the morning and they're with me and the event is held two blocks away from where we meet right there. I said, we would love to have your two kids come and help us out. I said, do they speak English? And she said, yes, they speak a little English. I said, perfect. So send them over there. I said, at 7 o'clock, have a mass for Pastor Rick. And sure enough, Benny... And America, that was her name, Benny, uh, 17 years old, and America was 13. They came, they helped us set up chairs, helped us bring people in. Um, and at the end, I told the mom that day, I said, I'll, I'll reward them, I'll give them something. And so we gave them a, a little monetary gift at the very end for helping us that day on Saturday. But they were such a blessing, great attitude. And, you know, I, just, I couldn't help but think, how, how many teenagers over here on this side of the border would want to go help do something like that if their mom volunteered? You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? How many would want to do that? And I thought to myself, probably not a whole bunch, right? But these two kids not only showed up there at 7, they had a great attitude. What can we do? Okay, Pastor Rick, we're finished with that. What else can we do? And it was just awesome. And so they were a blessing to us. But that, that woman now, we're Facebook friends with her on social media. We've connected, and um, she wants to continue to be friends so that she can help us next year as well. Isn't that a blessing? How God puts people in your path, amen? And that was wonderful. Then, then we reach out to these people there, and I'll tell you what, I, I promise this mother there at the outreach where we saw the 1,200 people that my church would be praying for this one little girl. And I want you to remember this name as well. If you can, write it down, etch it in your brain here. But the little four-year-old girl was Carmen. Carmen, remember that name. And so at the end when we're doing the altar call, the uh, hands are going up. And everybody's sitting there, and I'm working this side. You know, volunteers down the middle, and, but I'm working this side. I'm, I'm going through, praying for people. And this lady in the middle, she's motioning to me like this, like, come on over. And she has three kids there. And I see this one little girl, with, a, and it's, it's 80 degrees, okay? And she's got a, a fur-lined hoodie, a coat, and all I can see is her face. But this little girl had the most beautiful eyes the longest eyelashes I've ever seen on a human being. This was the prettiest eyes I've ever seen. But when you looked at her face, it was just listless. It was like this. Like th there was no expression. It was blank. And so I went to the mother and I said, how can I pray with you? She says, I want you to pray for healing for my daughter. She, shortly after she was born, she had a high fever. And ever since then, she's been like that. Just listless, just, just there. But she could communicate because I asked her, I, I asked Carmen, I said, is it okay if I pray with you in Spanish? And she was saying yes and, 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 and speaking to me. So she can function. She, could, she was walking. She was doing everything anybody else can do. But she just blank, listless expression on her face. But before I did that, I prayed with the mother. I said, do you know the Lord? And she goes, well, I know. And I go, have you ever accepted her, uh, the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior in your life? And she said, no. 
And so I had given her a tract already. I said, let me show you this. So I began to lead her down the Romans road in Spanish. And, and I said, would you like to say a prayer this morning so that you would know with 100% confidence that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you would have eternal life? Would you like that? She goes, yes. I go, because that's the most important thing today is that right there. So let's do that. So I led her to the Lord and while tears are streaming down her face and her children are just looking up because little Carmen didn't understand that process yet. And that's okay. But the mother did. And so the mother received Christ and I told her, the angels in heaven are rejoicing today because you have accepted the Lord. And and all this is new to her. This is new to them. They don't know any of this stuff. So you're showing them this out of the word of God. And so then I said, now we can pray for your daughter. And so I laid hands on her and we began to pray. And the mom is just sobbing and sobbing and we're sobbing and the little girl's sobbing and looking at me with these big, beautiful eyes that belonged on the cover of National Geographic or something. I mean, seriously, it was just something that you don't, you don't, you don't see all the time and I know something happened spiritually because myself and that little girl, we connected right there when I gave her a hug and we're touching head to head and I'm just holding her and praying for her. Something spiritually happened. We connected at that moment. And I believe the Lord is healing her right this very minute because I told the lady, I told the woman, I want you to bring your daughter back here a year from now. And I want to see how she's doing. I believe the Lord is going to do wonderful and amazing things in your daughter's life. And I want you to be back here next year. And I want to see her. Amen. Will you agree to do that? She said, yes, that she would be here. So I want you to join me in praying for this four-year-old little girl named Carmen. Pray for her every day if you can, church. How many want to do that with me? Will you agree to do that? Pray for Carmen. The mother has received Christ into her life. Now, hopefully, and I pray that that direction will guide her children as well. I connected her with the church down in uh, Tijuana that we minister with. Because it's not just important to lead them to Christ, but, but it's important to connect them now to a church, a place of worship. So we had an address on this track. The flyers were giving it to the people. And I said, Please go see the, Pastor Tabitha. Connect with this group. They will pray with you. They'll encourage you. They can help you out. Amen? Amen? And it was things like that that we saw. And I want to put some more of these pictures up on the screen this morning that I took or my wife Anna took. So this is the church that you helped build down in uh, Tijuana. This was Thursday night. Go to the next slide. We'll just go through them and I'll tell you to stop. But uh, this is right next door to our hotel. There's a big tower you can look down and over towards that big mountain there's a fire you can see the smoke in the top right hand corner there was a huge fire going on and that smoke was coming out toward the coast the coast is right here on this side and it's blowing out over towards the ocean and that's a picture from our hotel room we stay in Rosarito that's a beachfront hotel and this was the view so that smoke was drifting from that mountain out that way and that's looking out to the Pacific Ocean this was our outreach here uh, on the street corner there where the police station is we're giving away all these toys those scooters there electric scooters were donated by a pastor from Richmond uh, he was there 
but we ended up donating them to the church. They were going to raffle them off there to their own people. But we gave away, and you can see the, the families, there were many more than that, sitting around. The police station is over there in the back. There's a police car. Um, there's uh, Pastor Jimmy ministering there. And so all these people, and that's the gentleman I gave the watch to. He, he was just amazed that we would give him something like that. And so I got to pray with him and his little boy that he had there. Here we're ministering to the kids, and they're just so sweet. They're very sweet, and they love it when you give them, when you just speak to them. They love it when you're there encouraging them. And, of course, we have the dogs roaming around everywhere. There's, I remember the dogs roaming around everywhere you see dogs. Who they belong to, who knows. They're just roaming around, and they're all looking for something to eat. And there we are ministering again. This is the baseball field behind the gymnasium where we normally minister. In the past, we've set up 2,000 chairs in a gymnasium. This year, they wouldn't let us set up in there because they put a new floor, and they didn't want us putting up chairs and scratching up their new floor in the gymnasium. So we had to use the baseball field, which worked fine. And so we set up canopies. We set up 1,300 chairs, and here's a glimpse of the people as they're in there ministering. Here they are. The, the shoes are under the canopies. One on the first base dugout. One on the third base dugout. And some of our volunteers. Uh, some of our Napa group there. With the red t-shirts. And throngs of people. What we couldn't do is. Uh, have people say well. I want a white pair of shoes. No I want a black pair of shoes. No I want a gold pair. We had to just give them the size they wanted. Because we'd be there all day with that many people. So some of them, you know, they got a brand new pair of shoes. They may not have gotten the color they wanted. But at that point, we, we can't be that picky. We have to just give them and go on to the next person. So that, that was our constant struggle with everybody. And again, the people at the end of the service, the, the drama going on there, that is a powerful, powerful play. Because in the background, our pastor that gave away the scooters, Pastor Ron Vetter, he's singing Via Dolorosa, the, the song that is uh, commonly sung at Easter time, Passion Plays. So he's singing Via Dolorosa. Great voice. He's way in the background and off the stage there with the white hair. But the, we put Jesus up. He's crucified. Then he's resurrected. Very, very powerful play. And you can see here some of the young girls and the mothers are really deeply affected, which is what we're trying to get them to be moved so that they know what their Savior did for them. Amen? And as, as we do that, then we get into the message. And if we'll hold it there, that's my beautiful wife, Anna. Give her another hand again as she's translating. And then this is, uh, we had our founder that started this whole process, this whole ministry, Pastor Jonathan Chip G, who passed away a little over a year ago. And great man of God, he's not only ministered here, he's ministered in Kenya, many uh, nations in Africa, uh, in Mexico. And this is his son, who looks a lot like him, like Jonathan G. He's been preaching the last two years, so he preached again this year. And it's a very short, simple gospel message. All they need is the gospel. They don't need any sugar coating on it or anything other than the simple message of the gospel. Amen? Amen. And so he did a great job. And then after this event was over, so 
you know, for most of us, that's it. We're, at that point, we're picking up chairs, folding them back down, taking down the canopies, cleaning everything up. By this point, it's 2 o'clock. Some of the people have already left in their cars. They're, they're coming back home, coming across the border. Some of them, like myself, uh, my wife and I, we stayed another night. We were going to stay till Sunday and then head back across the border. Um, but we were invited by Pastor Tabitha's parents, Pastor Raul and Raquel, Raquel, um, Via Corta, that's their name. We were invited to go see their church. Now, mind you here, we had just ministered in this place. We're, we're dead tired. We've been up late the night before. We get up early, 5.30. You know, if you've been there, you know how it is. You've done all this hard work. And he wanted to invite us to his church, to his place of worship. And here we are ministering to the poor of the poor. We go down in the canyon where, where the church is that we built, and we see poor people. But that was nothing, nothing compared to what we saw over here. The church that we built must have looked like this, this area, when it was first built. I thought it was the poor of the poor already. Not even close. Not, I tell you that, Wayne and Irene, you've been down there, you've seen it. Not even close. It's, it's bad. Sister Betty, Mother Betty, it's bad down there. It's bad. And it's like that in every country. There's places that, man, you don't know how people do it. This man here has been pastoring this church for seven years. So he took us, um, first we went back to our hotel, we showered, we changed because we're tired, we're hot, we're sweaty. We changed, went across the street, grabbed some tacos, downed them, and then he gives me a call. We're ready outside your hotel. So we go out there, we jump in their car, and from Rosarito, which is where they live, they took us about a 40-minute drive, and we start to leave the city, and we start to go out into the, in Spanish it's called El Cerro, which means out in the boonies, the, the, out in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of nowhere. So we start to leave civilization behind, and pretty soon you start seeing that it's getting really poor out here, desolate. All of a sudden, you know, there's no more stores, there's nothing out here. Then all of a sudden it's just dirt roads, and then canyon land. Just canyons, dirt. It looks like the surface of the moon. I'm, I'm serious. That's what it looks like out there. And then he, he takes this long dirt road. He goes, this is the direction to my church. And it's real windy that day. Super windy. So we get to the church. And it's called Templo Cristiano. Or Christian Temple Mount Sinai. And so they're up on a hillside. And let me back up. So I ask him, so what's this area called here? And then he tells me, it's called... La Colonia de Miseria. That means the colony of misery. That's what they named it. That's what the government named that place. The colony of misery. And he goes, but, he goes, our church and our church people, we call it the colony of blessing. La Colonia de Bendición. The colony of blessing. And a smile came to his face. But let's, let's back up to that previous picture where we're in the front. Yeah, there we are again, Pastor Raul. To this day, I've never met a more humble man than this man right here. Never met a, a more humble man. Than, now, he didn't bring us to show us how, how poor they are. He didn't bring us to show us um, uh, what the great work he's doing there. No, none of that. He just wanted to connect with us 
because he saw that we were being very friendly with them. That Anna's always been supporting his daughter over the phone throughout the year. We, we speak with Tabitha, Pastor Tabitha. And so he wanted to connect with us. And absolutely. We actually had asked him because he had been so helpful at the um, excuse me at the event. Um, we could we wanted to bless him, and so we had asked him, "Could you give us a wish list of needs that you have at your church? You know, is there something that we can help you fix?" And he kind of looked at me and he said, "Well, the list is long." He goes, "I wouldn't know where to begin." He goes, "Why don't you come out and see the church first of all?" And so that's how we ended up we ended up being there. Here, I'll take that one. So we get there, and let's go to the next slide where we walk in the church. Right here. It's a small church, maybe 35. He says they have 35 people there typically on a Sunday. Probably our size a little bit smaller. But here's the amazing, amazing thing. We walked in there. The women are off to one side. Uh, Pastor Anna and Pastor Raquel moved over here to the right-hand side. And Pastor Raul and I just stepped into the place. And we began to cry because I felt the presence of God just walking into their building. And the anointing of God was so powerful, we just began to cry, both of us at the same time. He's been in that place hundreds and thousands of times. My first time, I'm walking in and I I experienced the power of God. They don't have electricity there. They don't have running water there. They don't have anything there. See the white up above on the ceiling? That's all an exposed roof. That's, those are sheets that are covering up the two-by-fours because their ceiling's been rotted out. The top of their building, it needs repair, huge repairs uh, on their roof. And um, so we walk in, and he's, he's like a proud papa. He's showing me his baby, his church, his people that he ministers to, people that walk from other canyons, other hillsides, walk to his church in the rain. There's no buses out there. There's no, he doesn't have a bus to go pick people up. He has a little four-seater car that he'll pick people up and bring them to church. So we, we go around. He begins to show us his sanctuary, his, the platform up there. And go on to the next few slides. And he's showing us around. This is the outside of the building. So the front would be on that left side. The upstairs is a little uh, kid's room for Sunday school. He added that second story, but the top up there, uh, the roof has been patched, and it's in need of major repair. Same thing with the rest of this roof along the rest of the sanctuary there. Go ahead. Next slide. Again, the inside. This is the front of the building. And you can see out in the outskirts, just canyon dirt roads, and, and it, there's nothing out there. And you'll see homes that were started but never finished. He has no neighbors where he lives. There's, there's a house across from him, but nobody lives there. It was started and nobody finished it because they ran out of money or, or, or something. Something occurred. There's fires going on in the distance. It was extremely windy there. So I told him, man, it's windy up here. It was blowing about 40 miles an hour. He goes, oh, this is nothing. He goes, you should see it in, in winter when it really, when it's raining, it, it comes in sideways. And he said, this was nothing. And it was blowing extremely, extremely hard. So again, more pictures of the front. I, so the point of me showing you this is, I want you to pray for Tabitha, Pastor Tabitha, pastor of the church that we minister, that we built. 
I want you to pray for her parents, Pastor Raul and Raquel, and their Mount Sinai Church. And I want you to pray for Carmen, the little four-year-old little girl. How many want to do that with me? How many will agree to do that to your best of your ability? If you would, please. Now, you'll see the power lines out there. That's power that they've got in there. But unfortunately, so if you go back about three blocks up this dirt road, that's where the lights stop. That's where the electricity stops. All this power here is such thin gauge wire. It's really just a temporary wiring that anytime he's hooked any electrical equipment, it blows it up because it's not meant for electrical equipment. He wouldn't dare hook up an amp or his guitars or his keyboards. This man was a former music teacher, very well paid. This man was an attorney, very well paid. And all of a sudden, a few years ago, do you remember when he said a, few, a couple years ago two or years ago. two years ago, he started experiencing all these health problems and he's only 62 years old, but he started experiencing these health problems and things were bothering him where he couldn't work, he couldn't minister and he began to say, Lord, I'm no good to you anymore. I can't even minister anymore because he was doing both at the same time. And the Lord was telling him, I want you to leave your job and I want you to go full time into ministry. And when he got that and when he began to do that, all the symptoms went away and he's been healed 100% since then. And he gives the, the Lord the praise because a lot of those people, they don't have, the other thing they don't have is, they don't have Kaiser. They can't make an appointment with, with the advice nurse for a, an appointment on Monday morning. They don't have Kaiser. They have Dr. Jesus. Amen? They have that. So that's the other thing we got to remember for these people. And you can tell by my wife's wonderful hair that the wind was blowing that day. Yes. So, um, again, the church does need repairs there. We're, so, go ahead. Let's go to the next slide. Again, the inside of the church. Do we have anything else that we want to show them? Um, let's go to the next slide. So, what I want to do is later this year, um, I've just talked briefly with uh, Pastor Steve and some of the other pastors. We're probably going to go back in the summertime to try to do some of these repairs. So if anybody wants to join us, uh, it's not yet anything set in stone, but we do want to make at least those roof repairs for them. Because the other thing is, this man, he can't even take an offering in his church because the people don't have anything to give. He, he, even, he even shared that with us. He goes, uh, I can't even take an offering because they have nothing to give. And, but what they can give is their time, their, their talents, amen? Just like in any church, you give of your time and your talents, amen? So keep this church in prayer. This was absolutely um, a supernatural divine connection that God gave us. I just know that when I went there, I felt the immediate presence of the Lord, and it was because of that gentleman right there bringing us to that church at that time. And I thank God that we went there. I didn't want to go there. I was tired. I wanted to go home, take a shower to the hotel, and take a nap but, and eat. But uh, we went there, and God, God led us there. God had a specific appointment, Amen. and I'm thankful for that. Amen? Amen? So how many will join us in prayer for these people that I mentioned? Pray, pray, pray. I won't take any more of your time. I did want to just show you that. Um, just so that you'll pray with us on behalf of these poor people. Um, and we can get the lights back on. Um, that'll conclude the photos. But 
These people are the forgotten people. The, the canyon church that we built, in addition to this church here, they are forgotten. The government doesn't care about them. In fact, because they have no running water, there's a water service, there's a truck that goes out and delivers 50-gallon drums of water to these people. But if the truck doesn't show up, they don't have water. So how do they power up? Every single service, that pastor takes two generators that he puts in his, in his car and he hauls them there every single Saturday. Um, now we have to set up chairs, but all we got to do is flip a switch. He has to bring generators, hook everything up to a generator, um, no running water. They have toilets out there. Uh, it goes into the ground. I don't know where it goes, but I just know it goes into the ground somewhere. Um, it's very different than what we have here. Please, at this time of the year especially, don't take the blessings God's given you for granted. Amen? Amen? Uh, you know, it's always so refreshing to go down there because we come back with a different frame of mind. I, I am appreciative of what God has given us, has blessed me with. But boy, oh boy, you go down there and it just shapes your perspective. That's why I say every single young person needs to go. Every single young person should go. Amen? Amen. So pray with us on that.